Coming up next, it's Natalie Cutler-Welsh with her show, Up Your Brave. Community, connections, holistic health, and more on RCR. Reality Check Radio. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Up Your Brave show. I'm your host, Natalie Cutler-Welsh, and it's so good to be here with you midweek, following on from the fabulous and talented and insightful Marie Buskey with her show, Counterculture. If you missed it, definitely catch the replay. Uh, For those of you that are Up Your Brave regulars, you might have noticed that I've moved to Wednesdays, uh, but we still have two super cool shows for you on Friday. There's a new summer series at the moment called The Dialogue with Diwa DeBoer, and that's at my old time of 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., which I highly recommend. He talks about politics and culture and history, which is so interesting, and some really great music as well, some classical tunes. And then from 1 to 4 p.m. on Friday, you get me again, more of me, uh, with my new show, which is called The Weekly Wrap-Up. Now, this is a great show. Here's the reason why I get to shine the light and I get to share with you just a small clip, you know, five or so minutes from each of my fellow co-hosts from the week. So you get to hear a little taste with a little bit of commentary from me and some song requests from their individual playlists. And that's on Friday, the weekly wrap up. Definitely check it out. Here's what's coming up today for you. I've got three incredible guests lined up that I'm going to share with you. First up, we've got Lorraine Hamilton on going beyond mindset in the coaching process. She is a coach for coaches. And we're going to talk about coaching versus mentoring, creating a thriving environment, being trauma-informed, and how to find a reputable coach. Following that, I'm talking to Erica Whittem, who is the General Secretary of the Number 8 Workers' Union, on how the new unions are changing the landscape. We discuss mandated workers, compensations, personal grievances, and more. And my final guest, we've also got music, by the way. And my final guest today is Ginny Jones, a medical intuitive and energy healer on raising your frequency in 2024. I mean, let's let's admit, who wouldn't want to raise their frequency? It's been an interesting time that we're all navigating. Um, but let's hear from our listeners. Let's hear what's going on for you. Let's hear what you loved and maybe didn't love uh, from the week that was last week on the Up Your Brave show and possibly some mailbag from the weekly wrap up. Here it is. We've got a message here. Fascinating discussions today, Nat, with both Tony and Lindley. Tony, by the way, was Tony Knight, who talked about... Um, data protection and privacy and financial privacy and also Lindley Aaron who spoke about the spiritual side of menopause so two very different interviews but both very very intriguing another one here so what should we do financially diversify uh well neither Tony or myself are financial advisors but definitely I do advise that people if they missed it can listen to that replay Tony Knight you can find that on the replay page and um, just basically looking at covering yourself with a few different options. Another great one to listen to is my interview uh, with Glenn Thomas uh, from Gold Survival Guide. I've actually got gold and silver and crypto (laughs) and money in the bank um, and a little bit of property. So I don't know. My advice, yes, diversification sounds good, but definitely listen to the replays. Here is one from Mike from Foxton, one of our regular Um, listeners who loves to write in. Hi, Nat. The weekly catch-up is a brilliant idea, but if I have to listen to Miss Motu again, I'm going to scream. (laughs) I made myself listen the first time round with Paul, and that was more than enough. 
I wish you all the best with your new segment. Cheers, Mike from Foxton. Thank you, Mike from Foxton. I appreciate that. Um, every week, we're going to play a three or five or so minute clip from one interview from each of my guests. And um, some of them you'll love and some of them you might not. Here is a message from Mike Meadows. Hi again, Nat. I missed this week's Paragos Perspective, and I am so glad you have included it in today's catch-up. What an absolute treasure this man is. He brings such honest and insightful topics to think on. I just love Lindsay's perspective. So do I, Mike. You know, if um, listeners, if you haven't heard Lindsay Perigo before, he is so eloquent and on point. Uh, with his commentary, you you just you go and tune in. You can also catch some of these. We do a little shareables on the social on social media, so be sure to follow Reality Check Radio on social media. In fact, I have a personal goal. I would love to see us get over three thousand followers on our Instagram page. We have thirteen thousand on Facebook. Uh, but on Instagram, it's it's two thousand and some. So if you're on Instagram, please do follow at tag RCR. That would be amazing. Much appreciated. Welcome back, everybody. You're here with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on the Up Your Brave show on Reality Check Radio. Today, I'm talking to my longtime friend, Lorraine Hamilton. She's based in Wellington area, and we're going to be talking about going beyond mindset. In the coaching process, we're going to be talking about the truth of what coaching is and what coaching isn't. Welcome to the show, Lorraine. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to connect with you after so long and to talk about coaching, one of my favorite things. For those of you that don't know Lorraine, Lorraine Hamilton is a recovering engineer, part-time stand-up comedian, and wannabe race car driver. Oh my goodness. She is also the creator of The Coaching Switch, taking your coaching conversations from transactional to transformational and get results in minutes, not months. That sounds amazing. You know, the reason I love this topic so much, and I am such a believer in divine timing, I know you and I were meant to record a month or so ago, but I love this. It's hot off the press, and people in 2024 are more interested than ever before in self-reflection and discovery and evolving who they are and stepping into their truth. And I feel like coaching is the key. So I love the timing of this topic. Yeah, me too. I mean, I could talk about coaching all day, every day. As you know, it's it's what runs right through me. I actually had a, a colleague who at once said, she said, Lorraine, if we cut you in the middle, down the middle, you would just have coaching running right through you. It is just <laughs> who you are. Um, and that's true. That really is true. And what you didn't say in your bio is speaker, uh, you know, uh, author, co-creator of many courses and many, many things, which I'm sure we'll get into. Before we dive into coaching, can you give my audience a little bit more backstory on how you came to be, you know, this go-to person, especially for coaching coaches? Mm. Um, how did it all happen from being an engineer? Yeah, it's always, um, people find it quite a juxtaposition to how did you go from engineering to becoming a, a coach? And really, the, the story was something that is familiar to a lot of women in those types of industries that I had a really difficult relationship with a manager. And what I always make clear when I tell this story, though, is that it, it wasn't a bully boss situation. I think people think that suddenly I had this sexist, bullyish 
man as I engineer uh, as my engineering manager. That wasn't the case at all. He was the nicest man that you could meet, but he didn't know how to create an environment for me to be at my best. So I had been this sort of A-type, um, top performing student all through you know, school and university. Then I got into this particular role and I was the only female engineer and it didn't matter how hard I worked, I was never going to be seen or perceived to be at the level of the guys because the guys were easier to get along with or they had this bravado and they had this kinship that I wasn't part of. And that did a real number on me. So that was the start of my personal development reflection and journey. And through that, I discovered coaching and it it really lit me up because this was back in the early 2000s. And, um, you know, it was kind of counselling or that was your whack. And when I discovered coaching, it was like, great, this is something that is for people who are well but who want to understand themselves and their situation and their environment better so that they can succeed in whatever environment they find themselves in. And from that minute, that was me. I've been on the coaching bandwagon ever since. And through that process, um, I've attracted a lot of other coaches who want to learn from me, who want to learn my techniques, who want to understand how I'm succeeding in the business. And of course, Today, in 2024, coaching is something that is ubiquitous. It's, you know, it seems to be everywhere. And that comes with its own um, challenges in the industry. Uh, But it's great to see that people are embracing coaching for their own personal development. That's the ultimate goal. Do you find that a lot of people kind of let life or their relationship get to a certain point of breakdown or destruction and then they finally reach out or do you have people across the board coming in at different levels um it's a bit of both usually the people who come in before that crisis point have worked with a coach before so they recognize that Mm -hmm. you know it's an ongoing thing and they really understand the value of it and then you have people who commonly haven't worked with a coach before and they are maybe they maybe have more need yeah, it's so interesting as well. You know, one of the pre- my previous guests, Craig Reynolds, who I'm going to see today, um, which is so exciting, uh, he was saying that people coming into his clinic, he's a healer, are actually more advanced, like they're healing quicker and and they're just more at a stage of readiness. And I wonder if it's the same thing in the coaching industry, meaning are you finding that coaches are coming to you because they need to upskill their coaching because the people that are coming to them are actually further down the path and ready to expand and ready to dive into their their true potential more than ever before. Are you finding that like more coaches ready to upskill because what they're dealing with is people that are already at a higher level. We're evolving as humanity. I don't know. I'm an optimist. <laughs> what how are, how's the scene? Well, I mean, it depends on the the niche that the coach is working in. But yes, I have seen that in 
the coaches that are coming to learn from me are established coaches. A lot of them are certified and credentialed coaches. They're experienced, they're professional, they've been in the business for a long time, but they recognise that their skills might be somewhat outdated. And they either have a pool to do more for their clients or their clients need something else. They need a different approach. And that's where I'm seeing the evolution of coaching. And coaching has been around forever. You know, people think, oh, it's been around for 50 years. It hasn't. It's been around since Socrates' time. You know, it's <laughs> it's always been there. It's just now a lot more people are recognising it as a really viable option mm. for them. And so it has evolved again outside of the, you know, we had this, this in the 90s, the 2000s, mindset is everything. You've got to adopt a positive mindset. Well, that's had its time. And now there is so much more research into neuroscience and the body and vagus nerve that we know that mindset is not everything. And actually embodiment work is where the magic happens and it happens quickly and powerfully. And that's what my students, my coaches who are coming to me for training, that's what they want to be able to um, help their clients with. For people that are listening and thinking, you know, we're talking about poaching, like, what does that even mean? How is that different? So if we can just go back to a basic for a moment, how is that different, for example, from someone going to see like a therapist or a counselor or a psychologist? Can you just walk us through what do you mean by coaching? Um, and I know there's different, like there's life coaching and business coaching. What do you mean by coaching that we're talking about today? Yeah, absolutely. So let's do the, the therapy counselor thing first. So the the broad stroke is that coaching focuses on the here and now and the future. Mm-hmm. And counseling therapy mm-hmm. focuses on the past up to now. So that's the, the clear distinction. So, now, so good. There's always a little bit of overlap depending on skills. Some therapists move into future planning with their clients. Some skilled coaches have got the tools and abilities to deal with things that have happened in the past, but from a very different perspective. So coaches have the skills to heal certain issues in the past without taking their client back there. Mm -hmm. And that's an important distinction. The other thing that's really important for for coaches is that they are trauma-informed, but we don't deal with the trauma. So let me explain that a little bit Mm -hmm. so that it makes sense. In the coaching process, it is possible, because we don't know what we're going to uncover, that we can uncover an unhealed trauma in a client. As coaches, we need to be trained and we need to have the skills to be able to hold that client in that moment and get that shift their state to a more resourceful state. But we don't dive into that trauma in the session. That would be something that they may wish to take to therapy. Mm -hmm. So that's another distinction. So does that feel, do we feel like we understand the difference between therapy and coaching? I think that's so helpful for my audience as well as myself. I think it's it's such a great way to explain it, focusing on the here, now, and the future. Yeah. And then we have some other distinctions where um, I have these definitions for things. So 
leadership is often takes a, a coaching approach, but I define leadership as creating an environment for everyone to be their best. Um, mentoring is often confused with coaching and mentoring for me is here's something that I've done. Let me show you how I did it. Mm -hmm. Whereas consulting, again, I see a lot of consultants um, promoting themselves as coaches, but that is, let me tell you what to do to be successful mm -hmm. and give you the steps. Whereas coaching is very much around the, let me ask the questions that are going to facilitate you being able to design the steps. Very empowering. Yes, it is very empowering because we're not changing the circumstances. We're changing the person in front of us so that they have a different perspective mm -hmm. on the circumstances. We're not changing the circumstances. We're changing their, their perspective on the circumstances. So interesting. We would love to know what's resonating for you. If you want to send us a text, you can send a text to 2057 or email inbox at realitycheck.radio. Have you had a coach? How has that worked out for you? Um, so interesting to see. I'm so excited. I feel like there's also this stigma, if you know what I mean, around, oh, we're seeing a therapist, I'm seeing a counselor. But if you're like, oh, I need to consult my life coach, or I've got an appointment today with my coach, it just has a different energy about it. Yeah, I think it does. And for a long time, you know, I work with people who are training to be coaches and they still feel a little bit of that stigma with the life coach um, mm -hmm. title. But more and more people are recognizing that this is a resource that they can access easily, that it is powerful um, and it doesn't have that stigma of there's something wrong with me. Mm. It is more I'm being I'm trying to be better. Yeah. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because it's like newsflash, you guys. Ranting to your friends is and them giving you advice is not the same as coaching. Newsflash, you know, going for a run and thinking about your life and, and thinking about your life by yourself is also not coaching. So sometimes it's so helpful to have someone that's not your partner, not your best friend, to basically, like you said, ask those key questions listen, which I imagine is a huge part of what you do, listen to what they say and prompt them to kind of reveal the next steps, which they probably already know. They just haven't really had someone pull them out of them. It's really like um, opening the curtains. And, you know, I love that you, you touched on the listening because we're not only listening to what they say, we're listening to what they're not saying. We're <laughs> listening and feeling into their energy field. We're noticing how they're breathing. We're noticing those very subtle movements if we're working in person or across Zoom. And very skilled and experienced coaches are what I call whole body listening. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You're like, they may be saying one thing, but their body is saying something totally different. Exactly. And a lot of that is very much unconscious to the client. You know, it's not like they're trying to pull the wool over their coach's eyes or anything like that. It's just because we know that the body reacts before the, the conscious mind. That's where a lot of this self-sabotaging behavior often comes from. So by working with a coach who's trained in those specific modalities, it really is a life changing process. 
So what I'm hearing and what I, I told, I'm such an advocate for coaching, obviously, but um, obviously there's different people. It's really about finding the right match. And sometimes I'm a big believer also at the right person at the right time in your life for what you're going through and different coaches for different things. But how do people find or connect with, you know, to you, you know, the right coach or the, a reputable coach that is, I think, aligned for them? Are there some tips that you've got for helping to find the right coach for you at the right time? Yeah, absolutely. And with so many coaches available, it can be overwhelming to even mm. start the process. I love that you said that it's the right person at the right time, because true coaching is a partnership. It's something that you can only go as far as your client's willing to go. And your coach can only take you as far as they've gone. Mm -hmm in their personal development journey. So in terms of looking for a coach, first of all, be clear on what it is you're looking for. Are you looking for a coach? Are you willing to be challenged? Or are you looking for a consultant or a mentor or a teacher? You know, do you just want to be told what to do? But if you recognize that you have some patterns that you keep repeating and it's something that you just want to to break and you know that you want to be different and you're willing to look deep inside to get those external results then I would suggest looking for a coach next step is how do you determine the right coach for you and there are a number of things that you can consider um, the first thing that I would say though is look for someone who has had accredited training in coaching. And the way to do that, or the first point of call that I generally advise people to look at is, have they completed a training by that's accredited by the International Coaching Federation? The International Coaching Federation is not the only accreditation body in the, uh, in the industry, but it is the most widely recognized. And I know because I have trainings with them that, uh, you know, those trainings are being regularly scrutinized, regularly reported on. And so you can be sure that somebody else has taken a look at the training of that coach and gone, yes, this fits with our values. It fits with our code of ethics. And, um, and that's a really good place to start. It also gives you peace of mind as a client that if your coach is affiliated and a member of the ICF, if something happens, and we always hope that that's not the case, but if something does happen, you have got a pathway to highlight that. It's not just you versus the coach. You can go to the International mm. Coaching Federation and say, hey, look, this didn't play out the way that I expected. Um and then you can have a conversation around that. So it gives you peace of mind. Um, the other thing to look for is a coach that shares your values, that you feel good about meeting with. It's a partnership. You have to feel good about getting on a call with them and them being able to build that trust and create a space where you feel comfortable to be able to really reach those inner places and, and ask those questions of yourself. So make sure you have an opportunity to meet your coach before you sign up for anything. And if you feel pressured at any point to be making a payment or signing up for a long period of time, then that would be a warning bell for me. It doesn't sit in our code of ethics from the ICF. Um, 
we I I do offer a minimum period for getting people results, but at any point you can walk away and and that's important. And I do hear some unfortunate stories of people being locked in and held to a contract, even if the the partnership is broken down. So that's definitely an alarm bell for me. I'm going to stop there because I could just keep on going. Well, I'm going to jump in because I wanted to ask you about, is there a sweet spot or ideal time frame to work with a coach? I imagine it's slightly individual depending on what's going on for you, what your goals are. But is there kind of like really three months would be the minimum, you know, um, because you're right. There are coaches out there that are like, nope, it's 12 months only, you know, and it's, you know, whatever, $20,000 or whatever. Um, is there certain like a time frame that you've seen from your experience that you're like, yeah, like 90 days would be the minimum or it really depends? Yeah. I mean, I, my personal coaching practice is, is 90 days. So it's a three month minimum. And, and to be honest, I can't remember the last client who only stayed for three months. Right. But beyond that three month period, they know that they're there, they're choosing to be there. And coaches do need a little bit of time to really get to know you as a client before you're going to see dramatic changes. Um, although, as I say, using my method, I am seeing those changes very quickly. Um, so in in minutes, it said in your bio. It, it, it is in <laughs> minutes. Yeah, I can have a conversation with someone who's clear on what they want to talk about and make a change in minutes. That is absolutely true. Um, for a longer period of work, if people want to see a change in their business, for example, then I do say minimum three months um, for me. Mm -hmm. It's going to be different for every coach. So get comfortable with what you're comfortable signing up for um yeah I think you'll find that different coaches have different processes and some of them take a longer time and a shorter time they have different skills that's going to affect the the time it takes for them to get results so I think as the client think about that in your in, in your procedures at what's most important to you is it getting fast results or is it going a little bit slower mm -hmm. cost is going to come into it you know not the the most expensive coach is not necessarily the best coach for you um I certainly have been on the on the wrong end of that investing mm -hmm. in coaches that have um not delivered for for me so cost is is something that you need to be aware of what your budget is but it's not the way to select the best coach for you because it's not a linear scale. Mm -hmm. It's also a mindset shift as well. Like in, cause I, you know, obviously I live in the business world in the entrepreneurial space. We're very used to investing in ourselves, but a lot of people, I, especially if they're in a job, I mean, unless they get personal development and training as part of their package, which I imagine most would just this concept of quote unquote, investing in yourself for some people feels um, selfish or like, a, you know, a, a luxury they can't afford. But I think in 2024, more people are going to um, realize, actually, it, it, I am ready to invest in myself. And I imagine it comes back multifold. What are your thoughts on that? Have you had people that just need to get their head around investing? And I'm not talking only money, it's time. Mm. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, I'll go, I'll spend time at the gym, or I'll spend time, you know, on holiday, but I don't know if I can spare, you know, 45 minutes every week or 90 minutes a fortnight or however the coach works doing this coaching. It's like, what are your priorities? It, it is hard. And again, that back to that partnership thing, you, they've got to be ready. 
Mm. You've got to be ready. And it's it's the hardest thing as a coach to meet people who would benefit so much, but they're not ready. Yeah. They, they are not ready to invest in themselves. And, you know, I'm here when you are, but if if you're not ready, then I, I can't take your money in good conscience because yes. it's not going to work. Um, the thing that that pains me and hurts my heart a little bit is when people who are curious they're kind of curious about coaching and they'll go and buy a course because they think that's coaching and then they don't do the course or they don't do it deeply enough and they go oh coaching doesn't work and it's like no but that's not the same experience as you would have if you were working with a professional coach Mm -hmm. it's a very different experience it's it's a way to make the philosophies of the coach accessible. Hell, I have courses for people who can get a taste of what I do, um, but it's not the same as yeah. truly investing in yourself. But if that's if that's if that's truly where you are, then then do it. But do it with your eyes open and mm-hmm. recognize that it's not the same as having someone in partnership with you. So you really have to bear the brunt of the effort if you're signing up for a course. I hear you. I work with a lot of coaches as well. And um, a lot of them, especially in twenty end of 23, early 24, they're like, I am done with working with clients who aren't all in. Like I'm not chasing people, you know, and I love that. It's like really standing in their power and only working with people that are truly ready to do the work. And I've seen you de- do that almost from the flip side, meaning I remember it was a year or so ago, maybe two, and I referred someone to you because I thought, oh, you know, Lorraine will be amazing for her. But she wasn't ready. And you you refused. You said to her, you're not ready to work with me. It came from you, not her. Yeah. 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 Because I know that it's not good for her. It's not good for me. And it's not good for my reputation. Mm-hmm. And it's all about reputation. So, you know, you're looking for the best clients and only working with the best clients because they're going to give you the best testimonials and the best referrals. And if someone's not ready, then it's not good for anybody in that situation. It can be really tempting if someone's saying, hey, take my money. But you'll find that the the more experienced coaches and the ones a little bit further in their journey, I would say, hopefully, no, actually, I'm going to retract that. Just those coaches who understand that, and that could be someone who's brand new or someone Mm -hmm. who's been doing it for 20 years, will stand in their integrity and say, you're not a good fit for me right now. Here, let me refer you to someone else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, you know, I'm the same. I like, I always say, you know, I work with people who are ready to shine and I'm not a coach, like a life coach, the way, you know, in all the coaching that you do, I'm really a, a vocal coach and I help people with interview skills and how they present. So it's quite different. But if someone comes to me and they're really stuck in their victim story and they haven't worked through some issues in their life and I'm like, and then they're trying to share their message with the world, but it's not landing because they're still in it. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> You're not ready to work with me. You need to go and work with someone and really work through who you are how to be the true you know, version of yourself. And then when you've done that and you're ready to shine, let's go. And so I think it's so important for us coaches to be clear on who our people are and what our area of specialty is and not trying to do, I'm not going to help coach someone through their trauma. That's not what I do. Um, and so really it comes back to connecting the right person with the right coach at the right time. Yeah, it absolutely does. And that's when it is a life-changing experience. And then 
when it's not that trifecta, that's where we start to hear those stories of Mm. it didn't work. Coaching is not all it's cracked up to be. It's a waste. And all of those stories that really, really break my heart, because I know that when you're working with a true coach at the right time on the right things, it it will change the trajectory of your life. Absolutely. I want, I'm coming up to the four questions that I ask all of my guests, but I'd love to ask you about this. So some people will get coaching, some people just won't. But of course, there's the ripple effect, I imagine, right? So like, how can we, if we're into personal discovery and coaching, how can we also then get the best we, from the people around us, be that our family or our clients or our work colleagues? Is there th- Are there things that we can do without trying to suddenly go and coach those people ourselves, how can we get the best from the people around us in 2024? Be genuinely curious and interested in them. I think we've had such a a period of time where everything is so fast moving and everything's got to be right and everything's got to be bang, 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 that we're not listening to our people and we're problem solving at every turn instead of just being genuinely curious about what brought them to the place that has that they're they're sharing with you so it really is as, as simple as that it's like take a breath recognize that they <laughs> have the ability to solve their own problems and just be really supportive and curious about what they need in order to solve them your message could not be more potent and more timely for me. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. I often get told, well, not by a lot of people. A lot of people want my advice in business, but um, but with my husband, you know, it's like he just like, I just want you to listen. I just want you to ask. I don't need you to solve. I'm such a problem solver. He doesn't need me to solve his problems. Thank you for the reminder, Lorraine. <laughs> Amazing. So in 2024, if you were to truly up your brave, what would you do? Um, so I am doing this to a degree, but I definitely feel the resistance. So I am doing my first fringe comedy show in February. And if I was truly upping my brave in 2024, then I would lean into that because that has been the biggest personal development journey that I've been on in the recent in recent times. And this is so huge because you're used to being on stage. I'm pretty sure you ran like a TED, TEDx, you know, satellite event and, and you're a speaker. And now you're just like, I'm just going to challenge myself and do stand up comedy. Yeah, it's it's very different from teaching from the stage and speaking. It's, um, yeah, it's it's really fun, though. It's really fun. Amazing. I had a guy on my show, the bucket list guy, actually, his name is the bucket list guy. And he's from Australia. And he also did what you did. He's a speaker. He d- talks to corporates, all the things, but he decided to do stand up comedy, totally different skill set. Um, so I would be willing to fly to Wellington or Capity or wherever you are, and come and see you keep me posted. Uh, what is what are you creating at the moment? What is coming up for you? What are you focused on? Yeah, what I'm well, it's something that I'm leaning into that I created last year, and that is the coaching switch. So it is a program and an approach to coaching, which is an evolved approach to coaching. And it really is focusing on the client, not the issue. And that is where I'm seeing these transformations. So now I'm taking 
um, another cohort of, of coaches and leaders and consultants and teachers and healers through that process so that they can then take it into the world themselves. And it's it's the thing that is bringing me the most joy at the moment. It's just the best thing. And um, the community that is small but perfectly formed is is growing beautifully. So that's that's my jam right now. Can you give us a time frame? So just at the time of recording, like literally it's, what is it? February 9 today, I think. And then we're going to air this really soon after. So it'll be mid-Feb when we're airing this. Like when is this course happening? Who is it for? So what I'm hearing, it's for people that are existing coaches or that actually want to start coaching. They're brand new or either. It's both. Yeah. So it's leaders, coaches who are just at the beginning or established coaches who want some new skills. Mm -hmm. It's consultants who want better results with their clients. It's mentors who want better results with their clients, healers and practitioners, teachers, anyone who really wants their message and their work to be more impactful. Mm. You know, this it's so aligned with what I do. Like, I just love spreading the word and telling people about this because I'm all about in 24 expansive impact. And it's like, here you are doing your thing, coaching the coaches or the people that want to be coaches or their teachers like they're. And that's the thing. I help the people who help the people. I'm so excited to shine the light on you today to tell people about this course. When does it start? How do they sign up? Great. Okay. So I'm running a free training week where I'm basically giving all training. It's it's not a thinly veiled sales pitch. It's a celebration of opening the doors to the next cohort. So that kicks off on the 20th of February and you can get involved by going to freetrainingweek.com. That's freetrainingweek.com. And then we will open the doors to our next cohort of the coaching switch, which starts on the 6th of March and okay. runs for 12 weeks. Such good timing. Amazing. Perfect timing. Right. So if people hear that, if you feel intrigued, you know, curious, but more than curious, you got to be committed. I don't know. They can show up freetrainingweek.com. Great. How else can people connect with you? Maybe they don't want to do that, but they they love the sound of your accent and they want to hear more. I know you're probably on Instagram. You're possibly on LinkedIn. Like, where can they find you? Yeah, so I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn. Uh, You can search for Lorraine Hamilton Coach on Facebook and Instagram, and it's just Lorraine Hamilton on LinkedIn. And please come visit my website. It is lorrainehamilton.net. Oh my gosh, as a visibility coach, I really honor your consistency with your URLs and your names. So everyone, I'm going to spell it for you, Lorraine Hamilton, L-O-R-R-A-I-N-E. Yes? Yes. Okay, and they can spell Hamilton, but just when they're looking you up, Lorraine Hamilton in all the places, very consistent, love it. So good. Uh, Before we wrap things up, Lorraine, is there anything else you would like to share with our audience today about coaching or anything else? Uh, I think just back to that piece of being genuinely curious, slow down, you've got time to breathe and... Yeah, and do your due diligence when you're looking for a coach. And if you need help with that, then reach out to me. I love to help you find the right coach for you. So if you've got any other unanswered questions, then hit me up. I'm here for you. Amazing. I think that's so important because otherwise, right, they waste time. They waste money with someone that's not 
properly trained or just not on the same vibe. And so that's great. Thank you for that offer. People can get in touch. Um, and thank you for joining us today to talk all about going beyond mindset um, and and coaching and just really diving into what coaching is and what it's about. Thank you so much, Lorraine. Thanks, Natalie. And thanks everyone for listening. I always love chatting with Lorraine. Not only do I love her accent, of course, uh, but I also love her energy and her insight. She is a coach for coaches. And in this interview, we talked about coaching versus mentoring, creating a thriving environment, focusing on the here, now, and the future, the importance of being trauma-informed, and connecting with the right coach at the right time. By the way, um, Lorraine is an ICF certified coach, and she also is RBPN registered, which means that's a regional business, can't remember, something network. Um, but that means that you can apply and get 50% of your coaching fee funded if you truly desire. You can learn more um, about her program, which is called The Coaching Switch. And I do believe she has a free training coming up very soon, which is you can go to freetrainingweek.com to find out more about that. And you can follow her in all the places, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Welcome back, everybody. You're here on the Up Your Brave show with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on Reality Check Radio. And next I'm talking to Erica Whittem. We're going to be talking about how the new unions are changing the landscape. Welcome to the show, Erica. Thank you, Natalie. It's great to be here. This is something I really don't know much about, so I'm going to be asking tons of questions. We're going to learn all about it. Before we do, for those of you that don't know Erica, Erica has been volunteering for the Number 8 Workers Union and, ha and has an IT background. She has studied at the University of Auckland, Toronto, whoop, whoop, where I'm from, Siena, Italy, and Berlin, Germany. Wow. Um, and also, so you are this general secretary of the Number 8 Workers Union. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. I started volunteering for the Number 8 Workers Union in 2022. We have a lot of filings in the Employment Relations Authority. We've conducted a lot of mediations and we have a really large growing number of members. And how, like, give us me a little bit more backstory about how you got into this area. Is this related to what you trained in? Obviously, you trained in IT. But um, mm. how did this come to be? Was there an experience or a story that led you down this path? Um, the experience was probably people at my one of my previous jobs um, talking about what was safe at at work and what was allowed and what and what wasn't safe and um, people not being allowed into work unless they had had a certain medical treatment and then. It all really started in, you know, the beginning of May, end of 2022, when people were losing their jobs if they didn't take a medical treatment. And I was fortunate enough to learn a lot from um, Liz Liz Lambert, who uh, she was admitted to the bar, gosh, in 2000 and something. I was fortunate enough to learn a lot from her, and I still am. And it's really been a big learning curve about how, how what you do at work um, has to be safe and it has to be healthy. And 
I think that there's been a lot of smoke and mirrors about what is safe and what's healthy at at work, uh, especially with public health um, public health risks. <laughs> there's there's public health risks that are out there, like you know um, colds, measles, um, TB, um, and then there's work risks that are things like me tripping over the cord on the ground, mm. or falling off a building side, or down a ditch, or pulling out some as asbestos. So I got involved with um with this union back in 2022. We've, we're growing, we've got a lot of people and we're helping a lot of people who had lost their jobs because they didn't take a medical treatment. And we're helping a lot who are filing breach of contract claims. That's another thing. If your contract didn't have anything in it saying that you would take medical treatments, then that's a breach of contract claim. Um, I feel like I'm jumping straight into all the nitty nitty gritty, but I love all the nitty gritty, but it's good to know how you got to this place. Um, and I guess what I, one thing I wanted to ask you just then, have you seen some progress? Because that was back in 2022. And I feel mm. like, you know, things have changed. But, you know, the working world is not really the place that I live in. Like, I'm self-employed and I don't. So, but mm. have things changed for people? Have, have we, I'm very impatient, you know, to see the change and to see the truth emerge. Have you seen some positive things come out of this? For some of the yes, people. we've yes we've had a lot of settlements for um, our our members, and it's interesting you say that you're self-employed. I mean, when you're self-employed, you're in charge of your own business and you're in charge of your own safety. So um, you don't have anyone telling you what to do. Yes, and I like it telling you, yeah. <laughs> and then there's all the people who aren't self-employed who work for large large corporates um so there has been a lot of change in the sense that we've had a lot of settlements for for people who were wrongfully terminated and just this week one was actually picked up in the newspaper mm. which was a truck driver if you look in the new zealand herald about a truck driver who um i think it says yes. hastings truck truck driver who refused to get a covid jab he got a twenty nine thousand dollar payout and this was this is quite a good sign in the sense that the media is picking up on it now. It's a New Zealand on-air funded journalist who's done the reporting, which is, um, in my view, that's a big conflict of interest. You can't have you can't have state-funded journalists trying to report the news. Um, so the person drove a truck by himself, uh, got fired because he didn't have a COVID jab, which is just ridiculous, especially because he didn't, he wasn't the one unloading, working with other people. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's more than one way to skin a cat. You know, you don't just have to take a medical treatment in order to stop a um, disease. So we've had we've had that one in the um well I just want to I want to really honor that one because well, number one, you know, when people hear about this, and a lot of people won't have heard about this, so I'm glad that we're highlighting it. I'm really happy that the it was, what did you say? It was in the Herald. It was in the Herald. So if okay. you just search New Zealand Herald, Hastings Perfect. Truck Driver. So it's in what many people would consider to be mainstream. We, we Now we call it legacy media. But um, so it does have that certain level of credibilities for people that aren't awake to what has actually been going on. And so I think this is great. This is a win because it's showing that, look, someone got this payout. They were, you know, wrongfully 
in a, in, you know, wrong, treated wrongfully. And it paves the way, hopefully, for other people to receive um, some sort of payout, but more importantly, well, equally as importantly, acknowledgement that they mm. were, you know, things that weren't handled well. Yes. And this, in this scenario, the trucking company didn't really do a proper risk assessment for a person driving a truck by themselves. I mean, you know, when you're by yourself, whom can you give COVID to? Um, and if you're going on a long trip, you're not going to see anyone. Maybe you'll have a bathroom stop. But the um, the case was that he was unjustifiably dismissed and his employer didn't follow a fair and reasonable process. And so that's a really good result that the press are picking up on them. Um, we have a lot of settlements where there are no news articles um, because companies never like to say sorry, yes. especially in public. I think maybe 15 years ago, there were some high school kids that measured Ribena vitamin C content <laughs> and they found out that it didn't have very much vitamin C. And then the person in charge of Smith GlaxoKline went on TV and said, oh, I'm sorry, we made a mistake. Um, and that's the only time I've seen a big company apologize, which is, um, which is I guess, just how, how they roll. You know, it takes decades for, for companies to say, to say sorry. So, this workers' union has been really good in the sense that the other unions that were around, um, they just pretty much said, stick your arm out. You know, right. they just, um, and it's interesting looking on the Electoral Commission website at the donations that political parties get. And a lot of these unions are donating to political parties. So the union that I'm volunteering for doesn't have any affiliation with political parties. That's one of the rules. Um, if someone wants to get into politics, then they have to leave the um, union because never the twain shall meet, really. That's what sort of got us into quite a big mess in, in the first place. Unions taking advice from political parties. That's right, because unions are meant to stand up for and stick up for the people, the workers, and not just pander to the political whims. Mm. Yes. Um, so it has been a real a real problem, um, especially when, you know, small small numbers of union members haven't been represented by the unions or the unions just said, um, yeah, well, we have to do it. Um, for example, in this case of the Hastings truck drivers, truck drivers were never on the COVID-19 vaccinations order. You know, there's, there were only a few professions that were in the COVID-19 vaccinations order, um, doctors, teachers, a few others, uh, border workers, but truck drivers weren't on there. Um, you know, there's a lot. I mean, you think of the hundreds of professions there are. They certainly didn't list them all on there. Um, and there was just this sort of smoke and mirrors going about that everyone had to get it. Otherwise, we weren't going to enjoy summer. So you took some initiative there. You became the general secretary voluntarily of the number eight workers union who else joined i mean is it you know drivers and and teachers and nurses who's part of it um so the we've got a lot of teachers and we've got a lot of nurses and health professionals because um they're still in the progress of getting their issues sorted out um we've got our 
union president who's Liz Lambert. We've got a team of advocates. And I have to say that Karen and Liz did a fantastic job on the Hastings truck driver case. Mm. Um, we have a lot of, yeah, we have a lot of members who are pro- they're not self-employed, right? They've been working for big companies, a lot of government organisation um, members because the the unions that they had been with, like the PSA, Nupay, these are the other unions that are in, in New Zealand that a lot of government workers are in. Um, they didn't stand up for their for their workers either. They just said, you know, go along with the with the government's um, with the government's ideas of what everyone should be doing to stop this terrible disease. That's another thing that I've been very busy with is Official Information Act requests. I did an Official Information Act request to ask how many people got exemptions. There were exemptions available, not medical exemptions, but they were called operational exemptions. So if you were, say, the only person at your school who taught Spanish, and the school couldn't function without a Spanish teacher, the person in charge of the school could apply for an operational exemption. And the response that I got back was that there were exemptions given for approximately 11,005 workers. So then I wrote back and said, wow, that's a big number. Um, Can you tell me which industry they were in? And they said they were all health-related workers. And that's a real... Illogical answer, in my view, because you know we were all told that health workers were on the vaccination order and they're giving out. You know they're a vulnerable workplace, um, but they were the ones that received all of the exemptions. Another official information act request I did: I asked how many, how many notifications WorkSafe received for COVID nineteen in the workplace, and they came back. And they said there had only been 23 and none of them were investigated. And I thought, wow, there's like 2 million cases of COVID, but only 23 were reported in the workplace. So, you know, I thought that everyone was sick and dying from COVID in the workplace. Well, and I didn't think that Um, it's... what Yeah, what we were told, the way it was spun. Yeah, the way it was spun, exactly. Um, So if any work said that COVID was a risk, then they should have reported it to WorkSafe because that's what they're supposed to do when there's a workplace disease. The same way if I, I don't know, fall off fall off the um, scaffolding in a construction site, they should be reporting that to WorkSafe. Any, any kind of workplace accident, disease, you're supposed to report it. But yeah, only 23 people did. Um, and I share all these OIAs on our union webpage if anyone wants to go and have a have a read. Um, because our wonderful New Zealand on air journalists don't seem to ask very many questions. I know. Well it's clear to me and I'm sure it's clear to so many of our listeners that there were and there probably still are so many gaps and holes and inconsistencies in what was done, what was reported how people mm. behaved. A lot of people, um, like it sounds like the traditional unions, really just towed the the line as such. They kind of, oh, we're just doing what we're told, which and many, many businesses did the same thing without really looking into it. Um, so I'm just, I, I just continue to be so impressed really by the nurses, the 
do, you know, the teachers, the doctors, the drivers, everyone who had the the guts really to actually say no, you know, to stand up, to listen to their intuition or their inner wisdom or whatever it was that made them decide it wasn't for them. And I know mm. it's it's an ongoing situation for so many people. Mm. Yeah, it is ongoing. I mean, there are there are people who sent in a personal grievance letter to their workplaces saying, you know, I'm raising a personal grievance or, you know, this isn't right. And then there's people that just obviously sent in letters objecting, you know, this isn't right either. You can't force a medical treatment. And that's something else that no one seemed to have read was that the Health Act 1956 says that you can't compel people to take a medical treatment. And that's what has been the sort of Bible for disease outbreaks well, I guess since 1956. Um, so some people wrote in letters and said, you know, I'm not happy. And so that's a personal grievance and you have 90 days to raise that. If you didn't send a letter in and if your contract didn't say that you had to take vaccinations as part of your job, then that's a breach of contract, which is six years time frame. And many people, I, I actually I've seen a lot of contracts. I've not seen one that says you must get vaccinations for your work or you must. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's just not in there. It's completely un, unheard of. Um, there was a case in 2016, I think. It was Mighty River Power versus an electrical union. And in that case, the workers won that when their employer tried to force them to get drug tests. So they took that to the employment court and they said, nope, it wasn't in your contract. That can't happen. So, And you have to have reasonable cause to want to drug test someone. They've got to show up to work a bit slurred speech or, you know, falling over or something. Um, so this was a case where the workers didn't want random drug tests, but the, the employer was going to discipline them if they didn't agree to it. It's like, oh, no, you have to have random drug tests whenever we want, whenever we say. So I think it has all been very, very new, but it's. I uh, just wanted to share that there is a six-year time limit on mm. breach of contract claims. So um, dust off your contract and have a look and see what it says because, you know, employment law is what is what unions operate by and that's how people obviously earn their earn their salary and earn their wages it's got to be what's in the um, contract there have been a lot of cases in the high court about workers and i think that they should be taking those to the employment court because that's where employment law is um is looked at and and examined Okay, so if one of our listeners is listening to this on the live stream or maybe on the replay and they're thinking, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that about the the contract and I think I have, now I realize I have maybe some grounds to stand on to put something forward, where do they go? Like what is the first step that they can do to go and figure out the process or whether they qualify or how it works? Um. So they have to look at their contract, obviously, and see what clauses are in there. There might be something saying that they'll follow a health and safety policy, which is fine because the health and safety policy is things like um, wearing a vest or a helmet or, you know, not setting up IT network cables all over the floor. Um, you're not going to find any policies that say you have to take medical 
treatments. Um, and if your workplace added that as part of their health and safety policy, well, then you could say, well, why didn't you report this disease to WorkSafe if it really was a health and safety issue? So, yeah, have a good read of your contract and what other kinds of correspondence you had, or even if it's just verbal, you know, make, make notes. Um, and then the real challenge has been finding lawyers to help out. I mean, I know that RCR's got a team of lawyers that they talk to. Um, the Law Society mandated vaccines to come into their building. I mean, a lot of lawyers haven't really um, jumped on jumped on board with this kind of thing. And it's funny you say that the parliamentary um, reading of this vaccinations bill back in 2021, I think one of the MPs actually said this bill is problematic and it's going to be a gravy train for employment lawyers. Well, um, so yeah, I mean, ring up, ring up your local lawyer. Um, you can join our our union, and we we take on these these cases. We have a we have a number of cases that are open at the moment. Um, lawyers, employment lawyers, they should all be jumping on this as well. Um, unfortunately, they often have a no win, no fee, or they're charged by the hourly rate. But yeah, um, definitely, it is worth. It is worth um, pursuing because um, no one should have to go through this ever, ever again, really. Mm. Um, the state doesn't own all the businesses in New Zealand. We're not in communist China where they get to tell us what to do all the time. Um, you know, every company had its own person in charge who was able to get exemptions if the person was on the order. Um, if they weren't on the order, then they didn't have to push it through at all. They didn't have to fire their staff. I mean, I just can't believe that people, you know, kind of chopped their nose off to spite their face. Um, we have a big teacher shortage and we have a big nurses shortage. Yeah. Uh, and... And the, the thing with that, that is the ramifications of that, right? In the education, you know, with the kids, um, mm. not to mention all of the other um, negative ripple effects of kids having to wear masks or talking to teachers who had masks and speech, you know, um, impediments, et such, et cetera. I mean, there's so many things that, that were just potentially avoidable. Um, but having a shortage of teachers and nurses, I mean, it just puts the current population at even more risk. What are you hoping for in the next six months, let's say, in terms of the impact that you guys are having or aspiring to have at Number 8 Workers Union? What are you What are you hoping for in the next six months? We are really just plugging along with the same old, same old. We have... Um, we have a lot of members. We have a lot of open cases. We're filing new cases on a regular basis as the old ones close, and we're hoping for more settlements. And I'm looking forward to, I think it's the end of March when the New Zealand On Air funding runs out, and then we'll start getting some journalists who who read decisions in the court or the Employment Relations Authority, and then they call up the people and ask them for um, comment. You know, we've had a lot of... We've had a lot of reporting that just sounds like a um, government ad advertorial. Yes. <laughs> it hasn't really been proper journalism. And so I'm really looking forward to that NZ on Air funding running out because I I think that a lot of those contracts were two-year-long contracts, and so they'll be ending next month, I hope. Right. So we'll start hearing more about the fact that what did happen was really just lawless and hysteria it's been one big 
one big scare that's gone on. Um, I think the number eight workers' union will have a busy workload for the next, uh, what are we now, 2024. Um, it happened 2021. So, yeah, until 2026, December, really, that's when people started getting terminated. You know, nurses and teachers were told that they weren't allowed back on their premises after the 15th of November, 2021. Um, I don't really know what would have happened, Natalie. It's very, you know, like the police wouldn't have cared. Yeah, you think, well, who else do they go to? Because the unions didn't have their back, right? So then you guys formed. And I imagine you're helping people not only with the kind of this legal side of things, but also the community that's been created. How's that helped people get through? Yeah, it's really good. We have um, we have weekly union meetings on, on Zoom. And I think it's really good for people to connect and know that they aren't alone and isolated. The employers did a very good job of, you know, isolating people and not not letting them get together and, and form groups um, and having holding individual one-on-one meetings with staff, never, never in a um, group. So that's probably just um, abuse 101, really. <laughs> how to... How to be horrible to a person. Make sure you isolate them, do it, yep. you know, um, pressure them when they're alone, not when they have any kind of support network around them, and then tell them that, well, you know, you're just crazy if you don't want to follow our um, policy and 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 you'll get um, – and we'll give you $50 or $100. I think in that newspaper article for the Hastings truck driver, they actually mentioned – some of the coercion that was in there because they were offering, um, I don't know, was it cash or credits? I'm not sure. Um, there were incentives from all these places to yes. go and get incentives and disincentives, kind of both sides. Yeah, like if you don't get it, you're going to lose your job, and if you do get it, you'll get in the drawer for an iPhone 13 or 12 or whatever model it was and um, or KFC vouchers. So it's, so it's so ridiculous that we, when Auckland was locked down, we were allowed to get KFC and junk food, but we weren't allowed to go to the gym. I always find that hilarious. I mean, there it is right there. That just sums it up. Yeah. Have yeah, some people it's... been welcomed back to their workplace, like as a result of involvement with number eight? workers union or like have some people seen i guess wins in other ways maybe not a payout but possibly either an apology or a, a welcome back to work or not so much um so apologies i don't think you can order those um <laughs> but we have had some people go back to their old jobs so that process of that is called reinstatement mm -hmm. and um that's supposed to be the primary remedy for when a person's been wrongfully fired from their job um, for example, if I worked at a factory and I started stealing Gucci bags or something, then, you know, they'd fire me and go. And if I tried to go back, they'd go, no, you can't go back because you're a thief. Well, no one did anything wrong who got fired, mm -hmm. right? All they did was decline a medical treatment. So, um, yeah, we, we we do often say we need this person back in their, in their job. This is... Um, this should be the primary remedy. A lot of people move on. They're disenfranchised with the leadership. Yes. Um, and I think that that's completely 
normal, really. I mean, why would you want to go back to a place that thought that um, that they didn't have their own leadership? They couldn't think for themselves. You know, they could. I mean, I'm sure they all do now. Everyone looks back now and goes, gosh, isn't that just a crazy time? But, um, you know, without reconciliation and without without people's conscience being activated, um, you know, there is that's the only way that people can really move on. And, you know, no award of money is going to. Mm is going to help. Um, unfortunately, we're not in the US where everything's, you know, $1 million or $5 million. Um, the payouts in the New Zealand Employment Court and the Employment Relations Authority, I think I think the most I've heard of is maybe 30000 for hurt and humiliation. Um, yeah, it's nothing like the US. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a step forward and it's a way to... Um, to move on, I guess. Um, and most people end up finding another job anyway. I think it's I think it's about stopping this from ever happening again, Natalie. Hmm. And that like, is that is the key. We don't want to fall back into it and forget what happened. I th- I'm hoping that a lot of people listening who have stories to share, and there's so many around their own experience um, in the COVID journey, but specifically for today in the workplace. And I'm hoping a lot of people did contribute their their experience in the COVID inquiry, you know, filling out the form and, and sharing that. That's really important. So depending on when you're listening to this, um, you've either, either done that or not. But also, we would love to hear from you, the people listening. Is this resonating for you? Maybe you are one of the teachers or the nurses or the drivers or the workers who's been greatly affected. We would love to hear from you. You can send a text, 2057. Let us know, um, or inbox at realitycheck.radio. Erica, is there anything else that you'd love to share in terms of things that people can do or things that people should probably know about? They just might not know about it um, if they are possibly a worker that was, um, you know, is maybe either looking to be reconciliation, have, have reconciliation or reinstated back into their job. So there's... Um, as as a volunteer for the Number Eight Workers Union, I would say join our union, and our website's number eight. So the word number and then the digit eight dot org dot nz. Um, the first step is normally a mediation, and those are a free service from the Ministry of Business and and Innovation, and that involves just you know a sit down, often they're by Zoom. Um, but that's a good way to try and resolve the problem of being wrongfully terminated or having your contract breached without having to go to the Employment Relations Authority or, or the Employment Court. And and that's really where you can get quite a good result. Um, there are still employers that are hell-bent on all of this. Um, I won't name, well, I think Tefata Aura maybe have backed down, but um, I've still yet to hear about the ex-health worker who's been hired back. <laughs> um, the New Zealand Nurses Union made a statement, gosh, a long time ago, I think it was maybe end of 2022, saying, no, if, if they didn't get vaccinated, then we don't want them back. You know, they made their bed, they can, they can go lie in it. It's just, it's unfortunate. So... Yeah, look at look at all the avenues that are out there. 
Um, it's definitely, I mean, it's not worth bringing up old issues if if you've moved on and if you have a a, a new job. Um, the New Zealand Herald article about the Hastings truck driver, he wasn't able to get a job, I think, for a number of months afterwards because of what, what happened. And so he got a lost wages claim. Um, if you got a job the next day, then, you know, you probably really can't can't complain um, or have any kind of lost lost wages claim. Mm. The first case that came out like this was, I think, the Harwood case that was in maybe January of last year. And that was a, a golf a golf coach who lost his his job. And I, it took him a couple of months to get another job and he got a lost wages claim for that. So yeah, it really depends on your on your situation. Yeah. So it sounds like if it's a more specialist, more specialist area. area. Yeah. Um I mean we also help people who are having workplace safety issues as well. Um I mean, I can't, I don't want to list workplaces that have unsafe environments, but, you know, it can be, it can be bullying. It can be, um, it can be going to the bathroom and all of a sudden there's men in, in your woman's bathroom and they're wearing a um, dress, you know, that might, you might think that's not safe to be going to the bathroom with um, men in there wearing dresses. Yeah, it all, it, it's, it's completely, um, it's it's fair game in terms of health and safety, and we help out a lot of people with with those kinds of kinds of concerns, or people who have been ill and then their boss tries to medically retire them, um, you know, without going through the proper steps. Okay, this is okay. great because it paints a picture of the various things that Number Eight Wire can help with. Because I was obviously laser focusing on the past, on what people have been through and grievances. But obviously, there's a whole host of um, ways that people can be treated um, poorly in the workplace, unfortunately. Um, I'm going to ask you a positive question, hopefully. Um, if you were to truly up your brave in 2024, what would you do? Um, maybe take that overseas trip that I keep putting off. Where would you go to? Um, I still haven't been back to New York City since 2001, so I would love to go back there and um, and and visit. Awesome. See how it's all see how it's all um, all changed. I imagine um, it has. And the other thing I really want to happen is this whole royal inquiry. I'm I'm waiting to read the conflict of interest statement from the people participating in the inquiry so the chairpersons the people running the inquiry um you know most government processes or procurement you have to make a conflict of interest um for example i can't you know i can't be supplying um i can't have shares in something that then i suggest to the government that that they then go and um and uh, buy and yes. so yeah this COVID inquiry. I think there's a terms of reference. So that's something I'm hoping to get put in very soon to say, where's your conflict of interest statements, please? Because they're completely absent. I believe that inquiry is going till, is it closes in March? Yeah, I don't have the date handy, but I'll, when I do my outro, I will be sure to mention it. 
for yeah. sure. And I agree with you. And the same thing with the, the masks and the, you know, quote unquote vaccines that weren't vaccines. There's so much potential and I probable in my view, conflict of interest there. And I, mm. I am so prepared. And 2024 really is a, a year, hopefully, for justice, for transparency. We are ready for it. I'm going to speak on the behalf of <laughs> mm. lots of other people that have been through it. I think we're ready for it. And I think we're ready, you know, and people that aren't ready for it, they're probably at a point where they can handle it now and they can be open to the possibility that they, you know, were hoodwinked, in my view. Mm. Yes. We've, um, the unions published a report from a couple of Official Information Act responses on the locations that got dispatched vaccines and also the amount of money paid per dose because that was $36.05 for I saw every... That. The, each pharmacy and how many? Yeah, yes. yeah, for each dose. And that's during business hours. So after hours, so after business hours or on weekends, it was $48. So it's actually quite a conservative estimate on how much money. Um, and it perhaps some of the batches may have been dumped, but I, I highly doubt a business owner would, you know, take this product and not want to administer it at $36.05 per per dose. There'll be another OIA asking how much has been dumped. And Tafata Aura say they've already administered, is it 12,900,000 doses, something like that? It's on their website. Um, they're very transparent about how many doses they've they've given out. But it really shows the conflict of interest is probably two degrees of separation away you know everyone's got um there's a two two degrees of separation in this in this country there's 1400 locations marais um hospital pharmacies medical centers they're all on there um and if if they have benefited financially from the government's covid-19 response then yeah they really cannot be included in any kind of decision making for a COVID inquiry because they've been financially gaining. Mm -hmm. So I really hope that uh, there's that awareness out there. And I would love to ask my local pharmacist how many people, um, do they have consent forms for the 11,000 people that they gave this out to? You know, there's a lot of questions we can ask. I did do ask I did ask my local pharmacist. I think I sent her a message I never heard back. Uh, what is coming up for you um, in terms of either, you, you know, in your personal life or regards with regards to the number eight workers union? What's coming up for you? And again, how can people reach out and connect if they want to um, join or get some support from the organization? They can visit our webpage, which is number eight, the word number, N-U-M-B-E-R, and then the digit eight.org.nz. There's joining information on there. Uh, it's $5 a week for waged and $2.50 for unwaged, which is probably cheaper than a cup of coffee, I would think, right now. there's We have weekly meetings um, on, on Zoom, and we have a Facebook page where we've got a lot of chat groups on there where people share, share ideas. And... This year we've got a lot of hearings coming up and we're looking for good good outcomes. And obviously the ones that we don't share are the ones that are silent settlements. 
where there's a non-disclosure agreement. Mm -hmm. So we don't get to talk about all of those, unfortunately. Uh, I think the Canadian Law Society made a request a year ago saying we need to get rid of non-disclosure agreements because it's it's hurting justice mm. um you know so you're example, saying there's more progress being made than we realize because yeah. of that right yeah yeah there's a lot more progress being made because of non non-disclosure agreements mm. and and you see those kinds of non-disclosure agreements as well you know in like sexual assault cases or those um in the in the media, they just all of a sudden it just dis disappears. Yes. No more coverage. Someone's being and they, paid off they laser focus on some other news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. A lot more cases. We've um, definitely got the ear of the Employment Relations Authority and the Employment Court. And when I say the ear, I mean they're no longer listening to what's on TV every day. Um, they need to start reading what's in the actual legislation and in the orders. And I was very impressed that the, that there was a committee report last year about the secondary orders and how they were poorly drafted. And and we're lucky that we now have the government that objected to all of this now now in. Um, so I'm hoping that these this year there'll be a lot more um, exposure of what did go on, how processes haven't been followed you know conflicts of interest there's one for the um, royal commission that needs to be followed i am so, absolutely, yeah, absolutely on your page yeah um i want to thank you for all the work that you are doing currently but you've been doing for already a couple of years before now and i can see that you're having um there is progress and like we mentioned more than we're actually able to then you're actually able to share so things are positive but there's still so many people out there that um justice has not been served and so hopefully that will happen is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience before we wrap things up um hang in there and yeah i think we're all doing the right thing and thank you natalie for having me on Thank you so much. We've been listening to Erica Whittem, uh, who is the General Secretary of the Number 8 Workers Union, and we were talking about how the new unions are changing the landscape, and you really are. Thanks for listening, everyone. It was so great to talk to Erica Whittem. I went um, back to my through my messages with her. We had been conversing on Facebook Messenger sporadically over the past year, so it was really great, excuse me, <clears throat> to finally... It was really great to finally have a chance to chat with her and to learn more about the incredible work that they are doing, you can learn more at number8.org.nz. And she also sent me another link, which is um, nzrising slash directory. So if you go to nzrising.co.nz slash directory, it is so cool. It shows you, I just haven't seen it before, a directory of allies, and it has NZDSOS, NZTSOS, that's teachers, free NZ. Nurses for Freedom, Number 8 Workers Union, Voters United, Freedom Alliance NZ, Fluoride Free New Zealand, Let Kids Be Kids, The People's Health Alliance, New Zealand Lawyers Speaking Out with Science, Resistance Kiwi, Kiwis for Good, Kiwis Protecting Our Freedom of Expression, Kiwi Voice, NZ School Communities Unite, Media Collective, We Came Here for Freedom, Unify NZ, Groundswell, Deep South Freedom Collective, and more. Isn't that incredible? So this is such a great site. 
to go to, especially if you've got friends that think, oh, the freedom movement is quite small or it's fizzled out or anything like that. It's like, nah, go and check out this website. And it's a very convenient, handy directory where you can learn more depending on your area of um, interest or expertise or your niche that you work in. So nzrising.co.nz slash directory. In this interview with Erica, we talked about mandated teachers, nurses, truck drivers. We talked about mediations around contract termination, operational exemptions for COVID-19 jabs, personal grievances, and some people um, being reinstated into their job and other people walking away and saying, you know what, I'm done (laughs) and moving on to better things. Um, so I hope that was helpful and interesting. And if not relevant for you specifically, I imagine it is very relevant for somebody in your life. So please definitely go ahead and tell them about it or share the link so that uh, more people can see that there's more that can be done to help them as we move forward. You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR Reality Check Radio. People are struggling to have conversations and connect with others that they don't completely agree with on every topic. And I think that's probably the biggest problem that we need to try and solve is how after all this division and after all the separation, do we end up bringing people together again? And what does unity really look like? New Zealand faces some pretty big issues. First one is COVID in the aftermath. There's no getting away from that. Second is racial division. It's been ginned up and it's dangerous. Another issue that maybe people haven't got their head around yet is digital currency. What form does that take? Is it programmable? Will it be used to manipulate behaviour and patterns of behaviour? Those questions need to be asked and answered. How can you have fair, open, democratic government by people who are appointed? It's a ridiculous idea. And if that idea is taken to its zenith, then this country is in real trouble because democracy, one person, one vote, where every vote is of equal value, has got to be the foundation of a modern New Zealand. What's true, what's not true, how our kids are to be educated. And, you know, I have a great fear for the future. I think we know from history where this could end up. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. You're here on the Up Your Brave show with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on Reality Check Radio. And my next guest is the amazing Jenny Jones. And we're going to be talking about the topic of raising your frequency in 2024. Who doesn't want to do that? Welcome to the show, Jenny. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to connect with you today on this interview. You and I have messaged each other, commented on each other's posts for a couple of years, but we've never actually connected before. For those of you that don't know Ginny, these are some buzzwords. These are some things that she is all about. She's a Reiki master teacher. She does a multitude of modalities, activation artwork, mediumship and tarot readings, and spiritual activation. So intriguing. So, Ginny, before we dive into raising your frequency and what that means and how we do it, let us please let my listeners know a little bit more about you and your journey towards becoming a healer. Absolutely. 
Um, well, I'm going to start actually from a child because um, I've always been able to see energy, feel energy and sometimes see spirit and definitely feel spirit from when I was young. Um, I did have uh, when I was about, um, I think it was about seven, uh, a, a near death experience where I nearly drowned. And I think that probably triggered something. And it often does. Apparently, when you have a near death experience that can trigger uh, more things to open up um, on a, a spiritual level or a um, higher dimensional level, a higher higher frequency level. Um, so, yes, I, you know, we, we were in the UK then and we lived in lots of different houses and I used to feel energy and have visitors at night and I would get scared and I probably drove my parents nuts by cr crying out in the night saying there's someone in my room and, and things like that. And so, uh, you know, I went through life um, having different experiences a bit like that. And uh, as a teenager, I kind of pushed it all aside, even though I was having a few experiences. But then when I I kind of reached, after going through my teenage things in the UK, it's quite a big thing of going clubbing and pubbing and doing all that stuff. Um, I reached sort of 21 and I thought, no, I kind of need to go and and find a group or something. So I found myself a closed spiritual circle, which is um, uh, basically you go along and you meditate and you know you have experiences and you might channel something or, or something like that. But I realized I wasn't ready then. And it wasn't until uh, we came to New Zealand um, after I met my husband and had children and we decided to come to New Zealand We've been here probably about 20 years now. And uh, it was literally when I came to New Zealand, we came out of the airport and went heading to the hotel. And I looked at the plants and honestly, it was like the plants energy field were going, boom, I could just see all the energy in the nature here. And it was so profound that I said to my husband and the kids, can you see this? They couldn't see it. Mm. So uh, I knew that there was something special about the land here in New Zealand and the nature here in New Zealand and the connection to it. And I also, I'll just pop this in here, I also uh, know of several other people that have come here or have been drawn here and then have awakened once they got here. So that's my journey too. We got here and then after about being here after about six months, I had a huge inner push or inner calling to go and find a spiritual group and learn as much as I possibly could. So I started down psychic stuff, um, card readings and doing exercises to awaken and um, doing uh, some of that included spiritual art as well. And then I found a beautiful mediumship group. Um, and um, that was that was it, really. I learnt Reiki one with her and Reiki two, actually. Um, and and I literally only learnt Reiki to open me up more psychically and spiritually and mediumshiply. But then it's funny how things work out. I ended up becoming a healer, mm. um, as well as the other things. And and so I would say that I. A jack of all trades when it comes to the spiritual side of things and the higher consciousness 
side of things. Um, and I class myself as being um, an ambassador for spirit or in service to spirit. So whatever they ask me to do, I will do. Uh, so I I literally have learned so many different healing techniques um, because you get a drive. Once you get into it, you get a drive to learn as much as you possibly can. So can I, I jump in and ask you a quick question yeah. that came into yeah. my mind. Do you think that everyone is a healer? Meaning, do we all have subconscious or, or untapped into healing abilities or is it only some people? No, I absolutely believe that everyone can. I know some spiritual people or healers only believe that certain people can do healing. I believe that everyone can. Um, I believe also to do it, you have to work on yourself to get rid of the old programs, the old uh, negative talk that, you know, you know, we've kind of been taught to follow the tribe and not be who we truly are inside on such a deep level mm -hmm. that I think once people start clearing out those old programs and getting rid of that, um, that's when things will naturally start to develop. And, you know, you can kind of tell, and there's so many different ways of healing. So some people might heal uh, someone with listening or just talking, mm. or actually doing energy work. Or uh, I actually used to be a hairdresser. I forgot to say that. I used to be a hairdresser. And so uh, I, I actually call that training because yeah. I was in training. People open up to their hairdressers. They tell their hairdressers all sorts of things <laughs> that they would not tell, even sometimes their partner. Um, so I, I they kind of puts you in good stead to be a good listener, a good sort of a coach sometimes, a good counsellor sometimes. Um, and, um, you know, it really was actually good training, dealing with lots of different people as well. Uh, so, yeah, I do. I actually believe that anyone can become a healer, at, but in different ways, in whatever way that is for them. Mm -hmm. And some people might just heal animals or birds or – but even – Anyone who probably doesn't agree with me, um, I will just say to them, well, look, as long as you're a, a kind person, you're open hearted and you've got that energy, you will just go around healing people without even knowing it. Because kindness um, it is such a. It's almost like a doorway to let someone else either speak or and know that they can relax with you or something like that. And and even enjoy, say, someone is a comedian, they might actually be healing someone by just making them laugh. Mm. So, you know, yes, I do believe everyone can become a, he a healer, but in their own way. All right, there you go for our listeners. If yeah. you were wondering about yeah. your own healing abilities, capabilities, um, you pr you probably already are healing people in your own way, but of yeah. course people can dive in and they can expand or further deepen into their healing abilities um, at any time yeah. like you did. Let's talk a bit about frequency because we've called the topic of today, raising your frequency. Um, so now it's yeah. 2024. As we know, a lot of people 
um, like to start with a fresh, you know, a bit of a fresh start. Um, but I think a lot of people are ready and desiring to show up more empowered, and which I think is part of raising your frequency. What do you mean by, or yeah. what do you perceive as raising your frequency? What is our frequency and how can we raise it individually and collectively? Well, um, when I, uh, so I see people's auras and I see people's energy field, right? So, um, I actually see that as a frequency and it's a light frequency. So I see that. So everyone's got an aura, which is your light body. Mm. So I am able to not see it with my eyes, but actually go in with my third eye and see people's auras and what their frequency band is. So that's basically how their light body and energy body is vibrating. And sometimes in the aura, there can be, um, you know, um, outside influences, even inside influences that are causing a block in that vibration or often it's trauma, old trauma that's sitting there that hasn't been removed. Um, so that's what I see or perceive frequency to be. And it's almost like um, even planet Earth is raising a frequency at the moment because our sun is changing so much mm -hmm. and and the, the energies that are coming in from space. Um, so we're all rising, whether we want to or not. And, and if you don't consciously become aware of that and you don't start to help yourself by dealing with any old trauma, um, looking after your body, looking after your mind and your psyche, um um trying to keep yourself in a good positive space you know in whatever way that is for you then then you are likely to let these old programs start to create a wobble in your field and they start to uh, create old emotions you know all sorts of things anxiety depression and everything like that um, so to raise your frequency, I would say if, if people are listening, if if you haven't worked on yourself, and when I say work on yourself, I mean, you know, um, if there's any old trauma that you might have had from a childhood or anything else, and you feel that it's still with you and you haven't dealt with it, it's worth going to find a professional and help you bring that up. And it's normally through speaking and crying and whatever else it is to bring that up. Because if you think of energy and energy in motion, in motion, so any physical ailment, anxiety or mental ailment normally starts with an emotion that is stuck in the system somewhere. So I would say to raise your frequency, first of all, work on that, clearing out any of those old um, traumas. Um, also, any old belief systems, because once we get stuck in, okay, I believe that and I'm not going to move, that also is going to create a wobble in your energy system because we have to be fluid as we move forward through life and be able to change, be able to... Um, not plan ahead and just go with the moment, go with the flow. Um, 
And, you know, if a sideball comes in, be able to deal with it because of that, because we're used to just flowing with how things unfold. Um, so, yeah, raising your frequency in 2024, definitely work on yourself. And also we need to work on our physical selves as well as all the other bodies. And when I say all the other bodies, I'm, I call the say there's five. So that is your physical body, your emotional body your mental body, your light body, and your soul body. Because through the soul's journey, we can also bring things through from other lifetimes, whether it be in cellular memory or emotional memory. So we can also work on that. And again, I would say go to a professional that can actually go into that and clear those things. And I'm going to jump in there um, as well, yeah. because a lot of the time we've heard people talk about your mental, your physical and your spiritual well-being, you know, that the trio. Um, and, yes. and, and you're mentioning five things that people might not have heard of before. So can you just elaborate a little bit more on the soul body versus the light body? Like, what is the difference? What do you mean by that? OK, well, I kind of feel they're definitely connected. But it's only because I see them as as different things. I see the light body as the aura, which is here and now, whereas the soul body has traveled through time and space and dimensional fields. So that's that's the difference I see about them. Mm -hmm. Other healers might not agree with me with that, but that's how I see it. Um, so, yeah, the light body is here with us right now. We're in an energy field, which is our light body. We can make our light body grow. And how we do that, again, this is how you raise your frequency. We can um, do things that bring us joy, make us laugh, um, get that buzz and excitement for something in life. Mm. So if you want to raise your frequency, I would say look at something that you would love to do that you haven't done, you haven't given yourself permission to do and go, okay, I'm going to do it this year, and look ahead and go, whether it's joining a pottery class or going and getting yourself out there and speaking on a stage or doing art classes or making something. And while we're talking on the subject of that, creativity is a huge thing with developing yourself and opening yourself up to new possibilities because when we get into the creative flow of creating something we actually connect, oh that's my door sorry <laughs> uh, we actually connect into the universe and the quantum field that's what I call it or the unified field some people call it and which is filled with information so we can start downloading um, information through us to come out in either artwork, writing, um, or creative, even gardening, food. Oh, good. Be I was going to say that to you because cre when I, you say to me creativity and I think, mm, I don't see myself as that creative. Like now and then I'll grab a mindfulness coloring book and I'll fill that in yeah. or I do I did start running a or teaching a dance fit class so I'm kind of making up dance moves but I don't exactly do pottery and I don't exactly do painting um yeah. so I'm thinking like what qualifies as creativity anything that you're just doing that brings you joy that's a little bit fluid or like yeah. gardening yay but my gardening is more like weeding <laughs> <laughs> you're just creating anything whatever mm. it is for you it it might be you know say a nail technician has has come up with a mm -hmm. new idea to 
to paint on nails. Um, or a hairdresser has come up with a new idea to put colour in hair or to do um, a new style of cut. Or somebody, a chef might come up with an idea for a new dish. Yeah. You know, it's anything. Imagination. Yeah. 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 Or a scientist, you know, has come up with a new idea to look into something. Well, that it would be, be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> any low would. <laughs> it would indeed. Okay. That's, that's super helpful. Cause for me, it's like, I'm always coming up with new business ideas and new creating new networking clubs. That doesn't really feel, I mean, I guess it is creative. It doesn't it feel is creative. Okay. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. And, and ideas so for collaborations and connecting people. Yeah. I don't know if that is creative. Yeah. Okay. All of that is creative as well. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Um, so thank you for elaborating and explaining about the soul body and the light body. What are some other things before I get into my next question? What are some other ways that we can raise our frequency, um, in our day-to-day life? And then obviously collectively that'll impact the greater, the, the bigger, wider frequency if we raise our own. Yeah. Okay. So most of us have been taught to live life from the mind. And, and it's actually probably better if people can actually come down into the heart space and live life from the heart. So that's connecting into your intuition. Um, uh, again, it's like the whole package. So bring doing things that make you joyful. And that might be that you decide to go on a diet. You've been struggling to do it. And actually, you've now got set the intention that you're going to do it and you start. Um and that makes you feel good because you've actually started something that you've always that you've wanted to do. So yeah, and living from the heart, living openly, being kind, being compassionate, and being the best person you can be. That's one thing. And that also that saying of, you know, someone who is perhaps down on themselves or is a bit anxious or a bit bit depressed, if they this might liven them up and make them feel really good about themselves because that's why they're depressed. They don't feel good. Um, If we go and help someone else, like helping someone across the road, carrying someone shopping, and they're really grateful for our our help, that in itself will really raise your frequency because it makes you feel really good. Um, So going in out and doing something good for someone else that makes you feel good too is a good way of raising your frequency. Looking after your body, spending time with your loved ones, um, you know, going to the beach, um, being good to yourself. Uh, so treating yourself well, like going for massages or just honoring yourself every day, um, doing affirmations, if that's what it is for you, trying to keep a positive mindset as you move forward. And, you know, we're all human here. So if you get upset with someone and you get angry about something, don't beat yourself up about it. Forgive yourself. Forgive the person if somebody's upset you. Um, And all of those things, it's a whole range of different things that will keep your frequency high. And it all boils down to, once you've done all these other things, is being in your power, Mm. being empowered within yourself because it's when we dip that power is when we feel um again i'll go back to anxious worried all those type of things but once we're moving through life 
stood in our power, in our truth, then we can just literally move forward and go with the flow. And that is raising your frequency. What I'm hearing from you is there are so many ways that we can raise our frequency. And so what I'd love to do is I'd love to hear from any of our listeners that want to share some reflections with us or let us know what are you doing or what are you feel called to do to raise your frequency in 2024, you can send us a text 2057 or email inbox at realitycheck.radio. Remember, this is not a to-do list. This is not a things you should do because I'm allergic to the word should. Um, these are things that you could do if you if they feel like they would bring you joy and raise your frequency. Jenny's listed off a whole bunch. You might already have some things you're doing. We would love to hear from you definitely let yeah. us know. What do you do, Ginny, in your day-to-day or, you know, or your week, in the average week? What are some things that you personally do to either raise or sustain, maintain your f- frequency? Uh, well, these days, I I literally um, set the intention. So te- in setting an intention is really powerful. So uh, I don't even waver... Um, Sometimes physical things can make you lower your frequency, actually, because I remember I'll tell a personal story. Um, I think it was two years ago. I didn't know, but I actually dipped so low in vitamin B12. Mm. Um, so and that really can affect your the way you feel, the way you think, everything. So I'd actually dipped very, very low on that to the point where I actually had to go and have uh, injections for three months to boost it back up. I don't know what caused it. I actually don't know. It could have been because that was all over the the C the COVID thing. Um, you can say COVID. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never know with which platform what you can say, what you can't. You say. can say whatever you like. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah. So I did dip down. So I know my frequency lowered. So that was a physical thing. Um, so once I sussed that out and I started taking my vitamin B supplements and foods that had vitamin B in it, vitamin B12, that is, Mm. um, then, uh, obviously that corrected itself. So I literally, I don't even, to be honest, I really don't even think about it Mm -hmm. these days. I just know that my frequency's up, um, I'm beaming out and, um, uh, I'm glowing, if you like. Yeah. My light body's glowing and and that. But when, on the journey, I used to do affirmations. I used to wake up in the morning and go, I'm going to have a fantastic day today. Mm-hmm. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And by just having that energy behind saying those words, you, you literally raise yourself up automatically. So it's about setting the intention in the morning. I'm going to have an absolutely amazing day today. And some magical things are going to happen that are really mm. good for me and um, and really know it to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, your belief system also holds a huge part mm. in, in you how you move forward. And then you'll start to see, if you have that intention in the morning, you'll start to see as the universe is listening and feeling your energy and, and feeling your frequency, it will start to send those magical things to you. And they can be something little. Like I find it, um, at, you know, re- it really lifts my spirits. If I see a butterfly or a dragonfly or or if I, I see a bird acting uh, very differently close to me. So um, I can say that because I live 
uh, with surrounded by nature. Um, and even if I'm out in, uh, you know, out in the car or whatever, I look, I always catch number plates. So it's number sequences. Or if you've, you've got the radio going and, uh, yeah, I don't know, a sentence uh, sticks out at you, which is positive, or a song comes on that, that lifts your spirits or mm -hmm. reminds you of, of a good time. You know, all of those things can boost you and, and give you that rush of excitement. Because that's what I I feel I have, um, that rush of not knowing, and I quite like not knowing mm -hmm. what's coming, and uh, that that actually excites me. I know it doesn't a lot of people, but it does me. <laughs> yeah, the unknown. Yeah. There's there's a song that always comes on the radio. My daughter, when my daughter and I are in the car together, she goes, "Mom, it's that song again." I need to make a point of listening to the lyrics. I'm just to see what yeah. what, it, what the message is there. Some of the things that I yeah. do, you reminded me of when you talked about the morning, is I often will say, well, when I'm about to do something, like let's say I'm going to the beach to meet with some of my clients at my networking club, or even when I just wake yeah. up in the morning, I say this, thank you, thank you, thank you, three times. Thank you, thank you, yeah. thank you for the magnificent outcome of today. Or thank you, thank you, yes. thank you for the magnificent outcome of this barbecue that we're heading to and, and whatever come what may. And so I'm basically yeah. being grateful about what is yeah. to come. So I do that intentionally. And the other thing I do, not always, but I often wake up out of bed and I will go in my mind or out of my mouth. I'll say, hello, beautiful day. Hello, beautiful yeah. body. And yeah. that's just giving love to the day and giving love to my body. And then that's yeah. just kind of how I start my day. So you know, I, you, different people have their different techniques, but I think whatever works for you to stay in alignment and stay in that higher frequency. Now, speaking Absolutely. of frequency, Ginny, over the past four years specifically with the whole yes. COVID, you know, shenanigans, I'll call it, um, yeah. a lot of people's frequency has been lowered. You know, maybe their trust uh -huh. has been diminished and their confidence has possibly been affected or their health either by COVID or, you know, COVID, quote unquote, or the the actual jab, which was named a vaccine, but it's not. Um, yeah. So what are your thoughts on that in terms of the COVID journey and its impact on our collective frequency? Yeah, what are your it's thoughts on that? It's been absolutely huge. I, I really do believe it's been absolutely huge. I mean, for starters, um, everyone has been in a state of fear, which really, really um, disrupts people's nervous systems. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's on a physical level and goes beyond into the mental level and the emotional level. Uh, so that state of fear that everyone has been kept in, because uh, I'm going to say kept in, um, uh, uh, has really oh, caused so much stress and anxiety and depression throughout the human collective all across, across the world. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and it's really not not good. Uh, it, it really, really is not. It's uh, affected people in so many different ways. Uh, again, each each individual differently. And I think possibly even, you know, my vitamin B12 dipping down like it did, that's obviously to do with my nervous system. And it was probably due to stress because of what was going on around, you know, and being, being trapped in your own home and not being able to go out and be free. I mean, I'm I am a great person for everyone should be free mm -hmm. um, and do what they want to do, as long as it's in the, the betterment for the collective, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, just not being able to go out, not having that freedom and, oh, 
I mean, I've, I've had clients that have had their businesses ruined and uh, all sorts of stuff over that and and health. Um, it's it's really has been a devastating dip in people's frequency. But uh, on the upside of that, we've got out the other side of that now, we also see that a lot of truth is now being revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we were um, led a merry dance, I will say, <laughs> through that whole period. Yeah. Um, and it really was um, uh, not a good time for, for the human collective. Uh, there are many ways that we can raise up out of that we're coming out of the other side of that and I know they keep trying to threaten more but I would if I I just one message out to everyone don't go with it it's not right they're just trying to keep that fear flowing through the human collective because um, when people are in fear they're much more easily controlled is there something um, so, we yeah. should say or something we should think in our mind um, or that you advise not should if we see, you know, some marketing or we see some messaging or something's on the radio or whatever, and we just look at it, is there anything we should, we can say to kind of, you know, cancel, 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 or, or I don't subscribe to that? Or is there any yep. mantra that you recommend? I don't actually recommend a mantra. I actually laugh at it now and go, oh, no, uh, definitely not. Right. That's, that's not in my life. <laughs> you know, so I mean, that's, that's a no I, from I, me. I, You'd say that's a no from me. That's what I'd say. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you. I'm not involved in any of that stuff. I'm just mm-hmm. going to carry on with my life moving forward as uh, the highest frequency and the best person I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I see it. You know, I don't actually watch mainstream or that stuff these days. I do watch a lot of other information that's out yeah. there and just keep an eye on what's going on. Um, but, yeah, if I see something like that, I go, oh, my goodness, they're still trying to implement that nasty stuff, <laughs> you know. And I go, no, that's not in my world. Great. Okay, so for what about for some of our listeners who maybe have feel, they do feel um, negatively inf- affected or impacted in terms of their body. So let's say their immunity is compromised or they've had some things flare up. I had a friend the other day saying her Someone in her family had four stents, you know, put in since yeah. getting the jabs. So when people are are physically affected, so we can call this, I did have someone say the other day, long COVID, or we can call it jab injuries, whatever we want to call it. Let's say people are feeling compromised in their body. What are some things that they can do to f- yeah. shift back to better health and wellness? Yeah, well, um, I've worked with quite a few people that have vaccine injury and anyone who has had anything even the slightest thing happened from that jab uh is actually a vaccine injury so even even down to a swollen arm that that that, and then the arm went dead or anything like that uh it is a vaccine injury um and i've worked with lots of people that have had vaccine injuries and um obviously because i'm an energy healer and a spiritual healer that's how i've worked with people there are many protocols. There's, there's um, like Pete, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, his protocol is good, you know, uh, curcumin, um, so turmeric, but you want concentrated curcumin um, is really good for helping to get rid of spike proteins. Uh, detoxes is another good one. Metal de- Heavy metal detox, um, parasite detox, 
And for parasites, because there's, they're now saying that there's a link to parasitical stuff and some of the things that are coming out now in, in mm -hmm. the human collective and what was in the jab. Pumpkin seeds. Um, yeah, they don't like it. It paralyzes them, apparently. Um, obviously, I haven't done the science on that, but this is what information that I've uh, gathered from other people. Uh, lemon. They don't like lemon. If you have lemon water, lemon tea. Uh, they don't particularly like lemon very much. There are other things um, that were banned over the um, COVID period, like ivermectin and uh, other things like that, which are actually a parasite cleanse. Yeah. Why did they ban that, I wonder? Um, so, yeah, and and a clean organic diet i would say organic now because unfortunately we're we're being fired at at all directions with um chemicals in mm -hmm. in different things uh so i would say a good organic diet i would even say to anyone whether you live in a city or whether you live out in the country grow your own veggies all you need to do is get one of those veggie pot pods and some soil um at you know, it's it's easy. Get go to the garden center and buy. They they normally have an organic section for organic vegetables, and just plant and water, and then you will start having your own veggies and and look into it. You know, research it, how to grow certain plants and whatever it is that you like. We have an amazing um, um, guest, a regular on Paul's breakfast show, um, Wally the Gardener, and people are loving, maybe it's on Rodney's show, actually. People are loving listening to him for gardening tips. You know, in yes. um, early January, I, some of my friends went to Canada, where I'm from, and they went skiing, and I was in charge of watering their garden. And they they have a very steep um, section, but they had made the most of it in terms of terraced gardening and just yeah. in a few weeks, like they had amazing blueberries and then they, but they put the netting up, they made frames. It was really professional. Um, yeah. Zucchinis, like avocado trees, le like lemon trees, so many things. It's yeah. really, it really is possible. And more and more people are getting into that gardening and doing it yourself. However, I do wonder a little bit about the rain. So I usually bring in my stuff and I still rinse all things with filtered water. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, uh, yes, that is happening too. Um, so yes, it's good. To, even if it's organic, definitely rinse it before you eat it. But I'll not with normal tap water. Not with tap water. <laughs> not with tap water. There are actually things. So if you get an ozonator, you can get them in New Zealand. Uh, and it's a little machine that um, what you do is you get a glass thing and you put the thing from the ozonator in and it ozonates the water and you can actually soak your vegetables and it will get rid of all the chemicals off. Mm. Um, there's also other water uh, filter machines which do the same thing. You can actually soak all your fruit and vegetables in and even use it as cleaning products, actually. And uh, that will get rid of, of things like that. Um, so, yeah, um, I have got um, an iTeraCare wand. Um, I also have a Healy which is a little frequency machine here, which uh, you can program water. Water is so easy to program. And you can see the difference. If you get a nice big glass uh, uh, jar with a tap on it, and all you need to do is stand in front of, the, of this water, just put tap water in, 
I mean, we have tank water here, but I'm even dubious about that because of what's coming from the sky. Yeah. But whether it's tap water or whether it's tank water, um, just put that in your glass thing and put have it at chest level. So you stand close to it and you really open your heart. So to really open your heart and really get the love vibe going, all you need to do is think of everybody in your life that you absolutely love so much. And it really just opens your heart up and you can just send that all of that into that water and you can bless it. You can pray over it. You can do whatever it is for you over it. But it's the moment that you cut, uh, you program it with unconditional love. Remember this unconditional love is the highest frequency that exists. Yeah. So if you program your water, bless your food with unconditional love. Before you have it, bless any medication. I have to take medication every day. I have to take thyroxin. Um, if you've got medication that you have to take every day, hold it in your hand. Bless it. Tune it into your body and say to the medication and your body, only take in what is needed for my highest health. So it's all about getting all of that. You are such a powerful being. Nobody knows it. We've all been programmed to think we're not, but we actually are extremely powerful at creating our futures uh, and, uh, you know, changing the way life comes at us, put it that way. We can do it by believing in yourself, honouring yourself. I just want to tell you about quickly about veggies and all that. My son lives in Sydney and they have got a tiny yard it's only small, and they are growing all their own vegetables. They even have a beehive, and they've they've planted a big section in it with um, natural wildflowers, so the bees have got something to come to. And they are doing so amazingly well and growing their own food and having honey in this tiny little yard that they've got. So everyone can do it, whether you, even if you live in the city. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, going back to other things. So there is lots of actually things that you can if you've had if you've had uh, the jab or even if you've had COVID, um, there are certain things. So Dr. Peter McCullough, like I was saying, curcumin is one. Um, Natonk tokenese is another thing that he said. I haven't tried these. By the way, I've actually ordered some, so I'm going to try. Black seed oil, I, people have told me, is very, very good as well for helping with that. Yep, I've it's got a, that. It's an all-rounder. It's very, very good. Uh, activated charcoal is good for detoxing um, to boost the immune system as well. And basically, that's it. Any supplements that's going to boost your immune system. Because what's happened with uh, the jab, it's literally compromised people's uh, immune system and the more that they've had i really feel for people because you know they really pushed that it was going to be safe and effective and um i really feel for people there but it's basically each one that they've had has compromised their immune system more so anything mm. that you can find that's going to boost your immune system and I would also say find an energy healer who knows how to remove the spike proteins and the graphene and the other things that are in it because we are out there. I'm able to do it. Um, and there are many other healers that are actually able to do it because 
once the spike proteins are in the body, they they just tend to go for a weak area, a weak point, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that is, and it can be different for each individual. I will say that I have I've done um, uh, energy healing on a lady that was able to stick magnetic knives mm. and forks and even a phone here and bend oh, over. Yeah, and it stayed there. And we did on her a chest. two-hour session. Yeah, we did a two-hour session. I didn't know if it was going to help her. I would I just leave it to spirit and and um, you know, and I just pray that the energy works for them, for the for whoever it is I'm working with. So I didn't really know what was going to happen. Anyway, she messaged me the next day and she said, um, uh, she said, I- I'm absolutely amazed. She said, there's only one little area now that I can actually stick something on. The rest of it's completely clear. Oh my goodness. So energy healing uh or spiritual healing as well will will really help yeah it's amazing and there'll be and people again, that are there'll be people listening that are anxious to hear this knowledge they're open to hear this knowledge and then there'll yeah. be other people i think that either don't hear about this or don't believe it because i have a quote unquote friend well a friend who an ex friend let's say she still yeah. has the you know i'm vaccinated for aotearoa new zealand banner around her face on facebook not even joking you and um she just posted a photo of a COVID test, you know, showing positive. And she said, wow, I'm so surprised. My third time getting COVID and I'm, you know, um, uh, and I'm triple boosted or whatever. I'm, I'm so, su- and it's, wor- and it's way worse than last time. I'm so surprised. Oh. And I really had to stop myself. Nat, don't do it. Don't yeah. do it. I don't know if that's yeah. right or wrong, but I didn't comment on her post, but I probably might message her privately. I don't know if she'll be open to it. So what are your thoughts on some people that are just not seeing it? They're not making the connection. I actually really feel for those people. Mm. Um, I, I know they don't they don't care about that, but I really do. I actually really feel for those people because they're so programmed and so believing that the government and, and the powers that be are actually looking after us, um, that they're so programmed into that way of thinking that um, I don't, I actually think that some people will never come out of that because it's too fearful to come out of that. Yeah. If they do come out of that, it's like their whole world falls to bits because they need that structure of belief and, and feeling of being looked after or feeling of being in the majority. That would might be the one thing actually that tips them. Mm. If everybody wakes up and they're the minority now, that might be the one thing because it's the programming of going with the crowd yeah. that might actually go, oh, hang on a minute, because all my friends actually now believe this. Um, and that will start to alter their energy system to opening up to new ways of being and new thoughts and new emotions around all of that. But a lot of it's fear. They won't go there because they're absolutely scared that their world will fall apart because now they haven't got things they can rely on. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I so think so I would, too. I think yeah. if they realize, wow, if they lied about this, I wonder what else they lied about. So I d- they just don't even, yes. they don't think anyone That's lied right. and they, they still, yeah. yeah. They can't go there. 
Uh, All right. Anything else you want to mention? Because I'm going to wrap up in a minute and start asking you some of my my guest questions. Anything else you want to mention around that protocol or things that people can do? And yes, I'm going to we're going to get to your contact details in a minute, because if people are listening and they think I really am open to some healing, they can come to you or other people. You guys can contact me if you're looking for someone in your area. If you want hands on healing, I probably know someone, but um, people this can be done from a distance. Right. The healing. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'll say. I actually do all my work online via Zoom right. or via Messenger. Um, I very rarely actually have someone he- come here these days because I live so far up and away from things. Far, far away. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I do all my work online. And it, it's pretty amazing because, you know, on a Zoom call like us, it's like we're in the same room. We're having a yeah. conversation. We're chatting. Um, and you know, I, uh, with my healing session, I use frequency machines like tuning forks. Um, I use my voice as well a lot. So it's literally like being in the same room. Um, and I, and that's for all the services that I offer. And I know other people do as well. And I get feedback from people saying, Oh my God, I got the full body tingles. I could feel someone working on me, you know, or, or different things like that well let us so know now then energy. i'll jump to that question what um yeah. how can people connect with you Ginny, if they want to learn more i know i follow you on instagram and I, I love your posts on facebook how can they follow you or contact you on a website if they want to book in or just learn more okay so my actual website is in the process of being um redesigned at the moment so sure. it's ginnyjoneshealer.com Hopefully, I'll get that up and running fairly soon. But I think the best way to contact me is on Facebook. Um, so that's Ginny Jones. Um, I'm on Instagram, like you said, and that's that's Ginny and Spirit uh, Intuitive Services. Uh, and I'm on LinkedIn. If people are on LinkedIn, I'm an under in LinkedIn. I'm on, I'm Virginia Jones. Mm, mixing it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's probably the best way. Or Messenger, text me. Amazing. I will put the replay um, up later on, you know, after listening to this, I'll put it, we'll put it up in a few hours and I'll also add all of Ginny's contact details there for you guys as well. Ginny, I'd love to ask you an up your brave question. I've changed it for 2024. Um, if you were to truly up your brave, an audience have a little think about what you would say if I asked you this, but if you were to up your brave truly in 2024, what would you do? Okay, there's a couple of things to really up my brave would be to stop procrastinating on the book that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've just come to the end of creating, with the help of a friend, a workshop, uh, which is all about how to um, remove, um, I shall say, um, attachments okay. or negative things. You can say uh, anything you um, want. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Negative entities, uh, well, attachments. Earthbound spirits. Yeah, earthbound spirits, earthbound entities, things like that. It's a workshop to teach people how they can do it. Um, and also, I mean, a big thing, I saw a friend, Mary Rodwell is like the Australian ET lady because I also facilitate ET connection groups at my home here. We had one last night, actually amazing connections we made we had lots of activity <laughs> um so uh i i saw that 
Mary Rodwell, her name is, and she's a brilliant speaker. And she is doing an online summit. She's on it. And I thought, oh, I would really like to be on an online summit, especially to do with contact okay. or spiritual stuff. Yeah. Um, so that would be my me upping my brave and getting out there is to be involved in a summit of some some kind. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So if anyone has any contacts for that, you can get in touch with Ginny or you can send us a message. What else is coming up for you in the next, you know, three to six months or so, either personally, like travel or something, or just in your business or whatever you're up to? Yeah, well, I've, I'm going to start teaching this year workshops. I'm also got the idea or the uh, it's, it's not on paper yet, but the creation idea of doing a workshop on how people can raise their consciousness because that's where we're heading. And that's expanding the mind um, to uh, lots of different levels of different dimensional spaces. And again, it's partly to do with raising your frequency, but it's more about opening your consciousness to new uh, areas, new ideas, um, new dimensional spaces mm -hmm. as well. Um, so that's that. I'm, I'm going to be working on that this year. I mean, I hope to up my brave and start working on the book that I've started about three or four books and they've come to a, a halt. So hopefully one of those. I'll get well, divine to. timing. What, what do you, which one do you think? What is the main message that you're thinking that we, uh, the world needs to hear at the moment through your book? Well, I think partly um, I want to write a book about my awakening journey. So that that's, um that would be a whole range of things it would be you know any trauma I've had perhaps when I was younger um and how I managed to release that um the ghost experiences I've had and those sort of things um the ET experiences I've had because people are not only waking up to the truth of what's happening on on a, a the earth plane but people are also waking up to a higher level of their spiritual knowing mm -hmm. um so when they do that they actually start to experience things they perhaps can't explain or might frighten them so reading someone else's journey might actually help them yeah um so that would be that would be one i'm going on a, a ce5 contact um group thing in March and I'm one of the facilitators of that so I shall be helping uh, other people have experiences on that what is CE5 really what's that have you heard of Dr Stephen Greer in in America no he oh well he is like the ET man in okay. the in the states yeah um and he has um you know had many whistleblowers come to him uh, and and saying what happened in Area 51 and all yes. sorts of other things that the government knows about and, you know, all sorts of stuff. And anyway, he um, started uh, a group in America first of how you, a protocol to how you can actually connect to other dimensional beings. So I facilitate that here in the Bay of Plenty area, but there also are groups in other parts of New Zealand. 
So, yeah, it's the New Zealand group of the C5 that I um, help with. Oh, amazing. Well, everyone, if you're into that and you're you're curious about that, you can reach out to Ginny for that as well. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. Um, Ginny, before we wrap things up, is there any final message that you'd love to share with our audience today? There is. And, and I want to say to people now, you know, just honor yourselves. It's time for you to really look after yourself. And that doesn't mean that you're going to discard your family or anything like that. But we, especially parents often put themselves last. It's in, it's time for you to incorporate yourself as being on the same level of importance as the rest of your family. And so honouring yourself and looking after yourself um, and and just live from the heart, live live from the heart with an open heart, live with joy and, and just, yeah, love yourself and honour yourself. So good. That Thank you so much, yeah. Ginny, for joining us today and sharing your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's lovely. It's been really awesome being here. So, so good. And thank you, everyone, for listening to Ginny Jones on Raising Your Frequency in 2024. Want an easier way to listen to RCR? Well, you can now download the brand new Reality Check Radio app, both on iOS and Android. We've completed our beta testing, and the app is now live. You can visit the app stores direct or find out all you need to know at www.realitycheck.radio forward slash app. That's at realitycheck.radio forward slash app. Our test bunnies have been hard at play to ensure you have access to everything. From listening to our live broadcast, downloading some of our incredible interviews, and checking out the latest blogs, all from the very same app. So get listening and download the RCR app now. I hope you enjoyed our third interview as much as I did. If you're just tuning in, we've had two previous interviews where I talked to Lorraine Hamilton all about um, finding a coach that is aligned for you and more. And I also just finished chatting with Erica Whitom all about um, how the the new landscape uh, within unions. So you can listen to the replays if you're just tuning in. And I'm about to talk to, um, we've just wrapped up our interview with Ginny Jones, which was so amazing. And we talked about unconditional love being the highest frequency. We talked about near-death experiences and finding a spiritual group stepping into your spiritual side. I think more and more people are actually kind of revealing um, that their their interest in the spiritual side of life or taking a more philosophical approach. How you can raise your frequency by clearing out old traumas and beliefs and grow your light body through laughter and joy and so much more. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I'm definitely keen to hear what resonated for you with that one. Thanks for tuning in to RCR, Reality Check Radio. If you like what you're listening to, or even if you don't agree with what you're listening to, then get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057, that's 2057. Or if you'd rather email us, you can at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We would love to hear from you, so get in touch with us now. The greatest threat to our democracy and our country is the belief that someone else will save it. RCR is on a mission to revive honest media, and now you too can help make that happen. 
Introducing the Foundation Members Club, the easiest way to support RCR and be rewarded for doing so. Receive exclusive benefits only for members, including your very own backstage pass to join the hosts for interactive behind-the-scenes discussions. And also, our all-new daily curated news summary, RCR Bytes, delivered to your email inbox every morning, keeping you on the pulse of the news that matters in just a few minutes per day. To find out more, visit realitycheck.radio members and see how you too can join the mission that's making a difference. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in today, joining me for the Up Your Brave show, which is what I hope your weekly dose of inspiration, motivation, and empowerment to help you do what you were born for. We would love to hear what resonates for you, and I would love to hear if you were to truly up your brave in 2024, what would you do? Send me a message, 2057 on the text or email inbox at realitycheck.radio. Thank you so much to my three guests for joining me, Lorraine Hamilton, Erica Whittam, and Ginny Jones. Of course, I've got more amazing guests lined up for you next week. And for those of you that want to learn more about what I'm up to, I have a amazing Connect in the Forest winter retreat that I've just announced. You can check out that as well as information about my Empowered Connections Clubs. By the way, we are bringing people together in person for expansive impact. And these are the locations we've got already underway. Auckland, Ariwa, Hamilton, and coming soon, New Plymouth, Palmerston North, Fakatane, and more. So if you want to learn about that, you can send me a message on Up Your Brave on Instagram or Facebook or everything is at upyourbrave.com. So have an incredible, incredible rest of your week. Remember, as things come into your life, as like they rise up, the emotions or people from the past, remember to acknowledge and release those emotions. Don't store them inside. Always look for the learning. Um, I'm hoping that some of you will join me on Friday. Tune in on Friday, 1 p.m. till 4 p.m. for the weekly wrap-up where I'm going to shine the light and share little um, audio clips from all of my fellow co-hosts so you get a taste. And my hope really is that you decide to listen to, um, of course, the Up Your Brave show, but some other shows that maybe you haven't really listened to, like maybe you've never listened to Rodney's show, or maybe you've never listened to um, Tobias Tahi's show. Well, I'm going to give you a sneak peek on all that on Friday. So I'll see you then. And I'll see you Wednesday next week. Until then, remember to Up Your Brave. You've been listening to Up Your Brave with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on RCR, Reality Check Radio.